How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Hello, how are you? This episode uh, has a uh, ominous title. It's uh, Get Over It, The Hackers of One. And whether or not you're in uh, business, whether you're a technology person, um, whatever field that you're in, I want to emphasize that this show is going to be uh, relevant for you. And that's because the situation we're in is that the software business is in a very immature state. And this is very important to all of us. And this concept of blame uh, is everywhere. I, I think uh, most of you have probably seen uh, lately some of the, you know, things going on. And, and uh, it's very easy to finger point. It's, uh, you know, easy to finger point. And this is what's been going on. And whether or not you are in the industry, whether you're on the business side, the technology side, this message is, is very, very important. And it's that all of us have to push the computerization business, specifically the software business and somewhat the hardware business, to get away from the maturity level they're at right now, which we call maturity level one, to what we refer to as maturity level three. And it has to do with writing software in a complex environment. Before the internet appeared, these issues weren't as uh, elaborate as they are today. It's the concepts of connectivity. And what I mean by connectivity is when you have two things that you're connecting together, there's a path forward from one point to another and a path backwards. When you have three things that you want to connect together, you have six possible paths that can occur. When you have four things that you want to possibly connect together, you have 24 paths. It's a geometric increase in complexity that we are dealing with. We are moving from the internet age into the information age. And all of these internet of things phrases that you're hearing have never, let me repeat, have never been engineered. They've been essentially implemented. There is no baseline for addressing and managing change. And as the horrible phrase goes, the hackers, the evildoers have to find one hole we have to protect ourselves against every one of those holes, which is virtually impossible. And that's because the phrase that's important is there is no baseline for addressing and managing change. And every time we write a new thing, a new application, a new system, write a new piece of code, we are essentially increasing increasing the likelihood, increasing the likelihood that we'll have an issue. If you have a cell phone, if you have a connected device in your house, if you have an automobile, if you have a pacemaker, if you have an insulin pump, and I'm going to show you some examples and talk to you about some examples of these, you are vulnerable. I'm sorry to be this blunt, but we've got to shake things up a little bit and get the industry to move along. And there's a way to do this. It is not radical, but it's different. Let me repeat, it's not radical. It's not massively radical. It's looking at things 
very, very different than we're looking at it now. So let's get started, and I hope you receive some benefits from this. It is not a short-term solution, unfortunately, but if we don't start Monday morning, so to speak, we're never going to get there. So some of you remember some of these issues, and what, of course, we have to recognize, these are the issues that we know about. These are the published things that have been going on, and some of these things we, we, don't, we haven't known about for some time. In other words, the organization that had the vulnerability didn't even know what was happening. Can you imagine that? Just think about that for a moment. So, remember Home Depot? 53 million identities. Sony, 77 million breaches. Anthem Blue Cross, 80 million data breaches. Chase Bank, 83 million. AOL, 92 million. LinkedIn, 100 million. And they think it actually may be 167 million. Nobody even knows what the magnitude is. Now, what is, what is it we have to be worried about? Well, you're going to say, well, I'm not worried about it. I don't do anything evil. I don't do anything wrong. That's not the issue anymore. It's grabbing your identity, coming up with a fake identity or a surrogate of yourself, sort of like a virtual twin, and essentially ruining your credit because they've, the people have gone out and mortgaged a new home or bought a new automobile with your identity, and you've got no recourse. Or you go to the ATM machine, put your credit card in there, or your, excuse me, your ATM card to get some cash out, and it says, your balance is zero right now. I hope I'm shaking you up a little bit. We are all vulnerable, and we all have to work in our businesses, in our daily lives, and get, not government, government's got the same issues, get the software business, start pounding on the software business, so to speak, to say you've got to change your practices. And we're going to be talking about that in, 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 you know, in, in a little bit. Also, remember Yahoo? A half a billion, 500 million. And of course, the other thing that you're seeing about, and what's disappointing to me, it's not getting the headlines it deserves, is now we're getting into ransomware. For example, the city of Baltimore, some of you uh, have remembered that from just a few weeks ago, doesn't even get headlines. They were completely paralyzed, completely paralyzed, and they didn't want to pay the ransom. I think it took three weeks or something like that, cost millions of dollars to repair. And incidentally, those vulnerabilities are probably there because the underlying software, the underlying software is the issue. It's not pointing fingers. Yes, there's evildoers out there, and all they're doing is finding these holes out there because of the software practices that are out there. Now, some of you may be saying, well, you know, these things, yeah, I, I get it, but, you know, we're using the really contemporary techniques. And, of course, as we all know, one of the great things about the Internet is anybody can write anything about anything. And one of the problems with the Internet is anybody can write anything. And that's what I get sometimes when I talk to people initially. Well, Sam, you know, we put everything in the cloud. Let me ask you a question. How do you think the cloud software was written the same way the software was written and everything else? It's in maturity level one. There is nothing inherent in the cloud that would make it more secure than anything else. The only way right now to secure your stuff or your company's stuff is to not connect it to anywhere else. And that's 
impossible. Well, it's not actually impossible. It's hard to do. In other words, you've got to isolate your world from everybody else. The phrase that's being used in some industries right now is we're going to have a splinterware, where you have essentially a closed environment. And of course, in the olden days of computers, by the way, the olden days was 30 years ago. <laughs> it's not really that old. That's where it was. You had a computer, and it was connected by wires. Anybody remember wires? <laughs> and basically, it was a closed system. By the way, it's not just a wiring issue. It's not wireless. It's the way, essentially, there's this interconnectivity. It's a mathematical problem. The problem is geometric increase in complexity. Geometric. As I showed you between connections that are there. So please remember, if you've got 16 connections, you have to analyze about 24 million different combinations. And remember, the evildoer community only has to find one of those. Please also remember the word testing. The word testing does not say a product is good. It says the test has passed, which is very different. So if you have 73 tests and the 73 passed, there's a comfort level, false sense of security, false sense of comfort. What if there's 74 tests required or 78 tests? Once again, no baseline for addressing and managing change. This episode is kind of in your face, and unfortunately, it's on purpose. It's being done that way. Now, coming back to what people are talking about, well, we're just going to use the latest software techniques. We're going to use Java and use Ruby on Rails and J2EE, all those phrases. And if you go out there, if you're not in the technology world, don't worry about it. But I'm going to just give you a couple of examples that it has nothing to do with the software itself. It's the way it's being built. Chinese hackers hacked a car, a Tesla, from 12 miles away. And of course, the Tesla wasn't written in the old, quote, mainframe days, the monolithic systems. It's a pretty contemporary automobile with, comp with pretty contemporary software. But the underlying build process for that software is still level one. And of course, if you don't think you've been affected, please remember that just a little while ago, First American Financial Corporation estimated, estimated that 885 million digitized documents have been exposed. Now let's look at that number for a moment. There's approximately 300, 350 million people in the US I'm going to just throw a number out there, divide by two, as how many households, let's say 170, doesn't matter what the number is, and let's say there's 150 million homes out there, I don't know exactly what the number is that's out there, and let's say within that number, um, you know, they're, they're mortgaged, three or four shots of every household has been exposed. Where's the outrage? Where's the headlines? Where's the action? What's going on? Nothing. Just a bunch of finger pointing or, of course, head in the sands. Um, um, I don't have to worry about it. It's somebody else's problem. Well, who is that? Who is that that's there? And within that breach that occurred of the 885 million, once again, what was it? Bank account numbers, statements, mortgage and tax records, social security numbers, wire transaction receipts, 
driver's license images. Just remember what's happening. This profile can be put together of all of us. This is not to bring paranoia to anyone. It's to bring an open eye concept that all of us have to start getting involved and getting the people that are writing the software to change their ways, whether you're writing software internally or externally. This is everybody's issue. If you're, an, if you're a business person, you have to go to your technology people and start asking these types of questions and putting two-factor authentication in there or putting multi-factor authentication, retinal eye scans, all these things, once again, excuse me for my giggling, it's a nervous laugh. The software written is written the same way. The same issues are occurring. So you can put 14 locks on the door, which is great. But if you're if if you have the you know on your front door you've got four locks on there, electronic locks, and you don't realize that the hinges on the other side can be opened up, doesn't matter how many locks, same thing in, in you know electronically, you know, that's out there. And you know, some of the things that we see on television and the movies we think is fiction. If you want to get a little nervous, there's a movie out there that didn't get much play. Um, out there, it was called IT. Not the horror story. It is a horror story, but not the, not the horror story movie. Uh, Pierce Brosnan was actually the star of the movie, and it was about one of his staff members that got really aggravated at his boss. And this is Pierce Brosnan, fame of the boss, and he, this person, essentially took over Pierce Brosnan's life and his family and everything else called IT, and I'm sure you can find it in your favorite uh, uh, download somewhere that's out there. It didn't get much of a, a review out there, but it's something worth looking at. Uh, have a couple of bowls of popcorn, because most of the stuff going on there, even though it's fiction, is possible today. And I, I want to emphasize again, it is getting worse. There is a way to address this. It's going to take some time. And basically what we're going to be talking about is isolating the legacy. In other words, all that stuff that's been out there, we're going to sort of put a, put a fence around it and build, start building a new environment next to it. We're not throwing anything away. We're going to use as much as possible, and we'll chat about this after the first break that we have in just a few minutes. There are logical ways to do this. But it's a change, and human beings aren't comfortable with change. And the software vendors out there don't want to hear what I'm talking about because they have to change what they're doing. All The easiest thing that people want to do, of course, is write purchase orders. That's, that's it. No, we have to change what's going on. We have to stop teaching people to code and start teaching people to assemble. Assemble to order. We're going to be chatting about this. Your life, my lives are surrounded by these techniques, which is maturity level three that I've been chatting about, but we don't see it in information technology. So we're going to have to start pushing in that direction to make sure that we essentially make sure, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that this happens. And so there are ways to essentially move forward. And this is what we're going to be discussing, you know, in in the uh, you know next few minutes, uh, you know, with you today. And I am going to just talk to you about one other thing that really, really scared me, and that was um, luckily I, I don't have a, an issue here. But this gentleman was a diabetic, and he was in the technology business, and 
he himself showed how his uh, insulin pump could be essentially hacked, meaning dials could be changed, so to speak, through a wireless channel. He proved it on himself that this could be done. Talk about scary. And so this is just one example, of course, of many, um, you know, that are out there. All of us can or may be affected. And that's the thing that we have to recognize. Now, what we need to do is to put a little pressure on our colleagues to push them in this other direction. Of course, it's going to cost a little bit of money. But what is the cost, essentially, of your life being destroyed or your business being destroyed or being compromised? We have to look at those trade-offs that are there. Well, on that happy note, we're just going to take a brief break and look at the approaches to address this urgent issue that we're seeing. I'm Sam Holzman. This is the 2020 Enterprise. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes. Is your organization in the Internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. And uh, we were, were chatting about how, how to address the issue of essentially hacking into various environments, whether it's your computer systems, uh, whether it's your smartphone, uh, whether it's your insulin pump, as I chatted before. And by the way, the same thing held for a pacemaker. I can, I can uh, give you some quotes around that. Everything that is connected some way or another has these vulnerabilities and not because of the technology per se, but the way the software was built. And it's built essentially with what I refer to as maturity level one techniques. Now, let me give you a physical example. It's always a little bit easier to see these things in the physical world. I'm sure you've seen uh, little sheds that are built uh, possibly in your home or a log cabin. There's a certain set of, of skills, technologies, materials, and things like that involved in that type of building. Now, I don't know if you, any of you have been around building a hundred-story building. It is radically different. And you can't take 100 log cabins and stack them on top of each other to build a 100-story building. It's just not going to work. There's no way. 
And you can't iterate. You can't evolve to the 100-story building from the log cabin. Those phrases are just nonsensical in the physical world. Yet in the software world, there's still a belief that you can do that. You don't have to know the end state. And that's the issue. That's the issue. We keep adding complexity, adding, and in the software business, it's called software modules. And every time we add a module, we have another connection point. Remember the concepts of geometric increase in complexities. And so the technique out there right now, which is generally referred to as agile programming, essentially talks about building tiny pieces of software and connecting them all together rapidly, quickly. And what do you have? Massive complexity. And you still can't build a 100-story building that way. Yet we keep doing that because that's the feel-good approach. And we see this all the time. We see massive numbers of dollars being spent to teach our kids to write computer code. No, we've got to stop doing that. We have to teach them about design and assembly, not handcrafting. That phrase is what we need to be doing. Most of the things that are done in the software business is handcrafting. Handcrafting. Now, there's some benefits to handcrafting. Uniqueness, sometimes artistic flair, but we're not talking about a Picasso or Rembrandt here. We're talking about software that is interconnected. It's a different game. So what we're talking about here is massive amounts of complexities. And throughout history, we have seen that when you have a massive amount of history, two things are required. A baseline for addressing changes, you can look at it, whether it's a piece of paper or lots of different pieces of paper or essentially some diagram. We can't understand it in 100 pages of text. And what we actually do is we change the images, change the physical drawings before we change the actual physical object. And we test things against the drawing, the picture that's there. And one picture isn't going to do it. If you've ever had the pleasure, privilege, or frustration in building a house, depending on what your category is, you know that something as simple as a house has a scroll of drawings. Because the complexity of a house, which is nothing like what we're talking about here in this particular broadcast, is there that you can't see everything on one picture. So there's the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning drawing. There's the plumbing drawing. There's the electrical drawing. There's the structural drawing. Each one of these elements is it there itself because if you tried to mush them all together, that's a technical term, if you tried to mush them all together, you couldn't see essentially the whole thing. So we have to understand the human ability to understand complexity also. So we have to take this thing apart. So let me summarize. The physical world has figured out how to deal with massive amounts of complexity. They've figured out how to change things when they're very complex. But the other argument you hear is, Sam, you still don't get it. You still don't get it. You know, you keep talking about buildings. Buildings don't change very much. You know, you, you got to understand that. But in our world, we're changing all the time. We're changing all the time. Well, you know something? When it comes to physical objects, 
You engineer for change. And if you don't engineer for change, you can't change it either. So if you want to swap out the windows in the Empire State Building, you got to think about that when the building is being built. And if you want to see a case study in a almost disaster, you can read about that. So you have to engineer for change. Now, in the automobile business, they figured this out in some areas. For example, you engineer for reliability. You engineer for fuel economy. You engineer for safety. You engineer for repairability. And if some of you have been in a, unfortunately, a collision of some kind, you know you can sort of take this thing apart and put it back together again. You can't make that decision after the thing was already out there. And this is what we have to start doing with software. We have to engineer it for the understanding that things are going to change. And the second thing in the, the in adaption in the physical world is the recognition that you have to have some baseline, something to look at to see holistically the whole thing. You can't guess because of the complexity that's there. And in a 100-story building, if you've ever seen a series of blueprints in a 100-story building, there is no such thing as the phrase, a high level of detail. It doesn't help. You have to have excruciating levels of detail, excruciating levels of detail. And sometimes the architecture takes longer than the actual implementation. And the other issue is that we see two professions have grown up. The architectural profession and essentially community and companies and the general contractors. And so in the physical world, we figured out there's a separation of duties out there. And the architect is actually the voice of the customer to make sure that essentially the elements that we need are actually implemented. And I, I'm not indicting the general community there, the general contractor community, but we don't want them to take shortcuts as they're approaching a deadline because that could have unintended consequences. Once again, as we saw in the horrible situation of the Hyatt Hotel in Kansas City uh, quite some time ago. Again, if you want to see some case studies in, in, in taking, uh, taking um, uh, shortcuts there. So coming back again full circle, what are we going to do here? What we're going to do is stop the madness. And we're going to stop the madness Monday morning. I'm just picking Monday morning as a date. And what we're going to do is to isolate that environment. We're going to isolate that environment. And then we're going to build out from that. And the way we're going to do that is through, is through two sort of holding spots, temporary spots that are out there that I call the POP Process Distribution Center. Process Distribution Center, PDC. I, I just made that up. I didn't make it up just a minute ago. But, and essentially the Data Distribution Center, PDC and DDC, Data Distribution Center. What are those? Those are ways that we're going to isolate the old from the new. And eventually the old will disappear. If you can keep connecting to the existing environment, you're never going to get there. So if you can imagine you've got your running organization right now, and it doesn't matter what we're doing, whatever whatever's going on, it's running right now. Frankly, you don't know if you're getting hacked or not. You don't know if somebody's got your data. I don't care what anybody is saying. I've got data, and you can go get that same data that shows that we do not know. We are guessing. So we've got to recognize 
that we have to change the way we're doing things. So the first thing we have to do, as I said, is to stop the madness. And we start writing things new. We write it with essentially these concepts in mind. And just recently, I was tickled pink that not only I am talking about this now, and I'm just a little guy here, but there's some pretty powerful people that are picking this, you know, same thing up. And in the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, they just this past month came out with essentially a, um, um, a uh, recommendation and just to prove that I'm not chicken little talking about the sky is falling, the name of the publication is Mitigating the Risk of Software Vulnerabilities by Adapting a Secure Software Development Framework. It's the National Institute of, of Standards and Technology. You can sort of look it up. But I want you to look at the section called PW.4. PW.4. And then give me a call. Because in there is the essence of what I've been talking about and what I've been talking about to you today. We have to stop writing code and start assembling code. Stop writing code and start assembling. Now, what am I talking about here? Picture a salad bar for a moment. You have 16 elements in the salad bar. Each one of those elements in the salad bar is what we're envisioning in the software world. So you have lettuce. Now, do you know that lettuce is good? Well, let me ask you a question here for a moment. Is it easier to figure out if the lettuce is good or is, is if you've eaten a salad with all sorts of ingredients in it and you get ill, you say, I wonder what caused that. Again, let me give you the, the analogy. Is it easier to look at each element and make sure that it is, quote, good? Or you have a situation where you have a salad, you ate the salad, and 24 hours later, you have this you know, stomach issue, you know, that's there. And you say, well, where'd that come from? And that's because the salad is a composite of many things it's much easier to make sure that each element is pure prior to putting it together. And that's the essential concept that we're talking here about software. It's an assembly process, not a handcrafting process, where each time we plant the seed, water it, put it in the soil, take it out of the soil, wash it off, put it in a package, send it to retail, and send it to the, the consumer, and we wonder what the quality is. It's working with a standard base of things that have been vetted and tested and made sure they're as pure as possible, and they can't be, quote, touched. They're sitting in your process distribution center, your process distribution center, and your data distribution center, and it's not connected to anybody else, and it doesn't belong to anybody else, and you know what the purity is. You may buy those from someone with all essentially the vetting that's there, and I believe a whole new industry is going to come up here 
And instead of selling software to you or instead of selling applications to you, you're going to be selling, they're going to be selling you, which is great, elements of the salad. And you're going to assemble to order. Now, you can get other people to help you do that, but it starts off with essentially the elements being pure. It's too late when it's already in the salad. It's too late. It's too complex when it's already built into an application. So step one is to essentially isolate what's going on now. It's sort of fencing it off. And we don't have any choice. We can't stop the music. We can't stop our businesses. We can't stop our personal lives. We understand all of that. And what I'm trying to suggest here, there's a practical, logical approach to address this. And I don't know how much more I can emphasize that I believe we're just starting on this path of I'll use the phrase cyber terrorism. That's a horrible phrase. I know it. And we're seeing this going on right now. I'm sure some of you have read some of the articles about uh, our United States drone being shot down by the North Koreans. And uh, somehow after that, an article came out about uh, the United States Cyber Command uh, messing with the launching system that those missiles were launched from in North Korea through some hacking in the other direction, whatever you want to call it. Why'd that happen? How how were we able to do that? Comes back to essentially the software practices that are there. And so you see lots of different concepts there. So the first thing, once again, so let's go come full circle to recognize that this is about complexity and change. It's about complexity and change. And we need a baseline for addressing and managing complexity and a baseline for addressing and managing change. The internet was never engineered. There is no baseline. Most software that you're purchasing, most software that you're building in most organizations have no baseline for managing change. There is no architecture. They're just a series of implementations. This is just the way it is. I'm sorry to say that, but there are organizations that we've had the privilege of working with and continue to work with that are, of course, moving in this direction. And that's what we're trying to bring to the public that's there. And as I mentioned just a little while ago, it's not just me anymore talking about this stuff. NIST has got it in one of their publications. And basically what they said in section PW.4 is start essentially a different approach, and they call it secured software. Stop writing the code, secured software. And again, there's one section, and there's lots of interesting sections there, you know, about this. Now, the other thing we're going to do over after that is essentially elaborate on this concept of assembling. And the life cycle that we're talking about is a very common life cycle out there in our daily lives, uh, when we're, you know, when you're building something, whether it's a salad or whether it's a, 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 a recipe in a, in, a, in a restaurant or some of you are into manufacturing of any kind, whether it's clothing, whether it's automobiles, whether it's building. And the life cycle is architect, analyze, design, and then assemble. Architect, analyze, design, and assemble. And right now, most of us in the software business have a 
life cycle that's quite a bit different. And that life cycle is construct, maintain, maintain, maintain. And that's what we have to change because all of those vulnerabilities are there, unfortunately. And uh, this vulnerability will not stop until the industry essentially has a different approach to all of this. So when we chat about this, as I said, there is approach. It's going to be phased. It's going to take some time. But transitions, as we know, are tough. Transitions, we know, are tough. And before our next break, I just want to mention that, you know, some of you know that I'm from the Detroit area. And we used to have 2.7 million people living in Detroit. Now there's 670,000 people living in Detroit. The whole base of the city was essentially based on a different age. We called it essentially the industrial age. And it's a transition. And you see how difficult it is, not just for a city, just for everybody, whether it's a company, whether it's division, whether it's a department, whether it's the software business, whether it's people that just got into the business and they're writing software and they're pretty successful. And now somebody like Sam comes along or NIST, forget Sam, how about NIST? It says, wait a minute, maybe this isn't a good approach. So when we come back from our break, we're going to be chatting about how to move from where we are today to essentially this more secured environment. It's cost effective and it's secure. I'm Sam Holzman. This is the 2020 Enterprise. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes. Thank you. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. We're talking about uh, how to move from the present environment that is unfortunately prone to a lot of issues as far as security and, by the way, flexibility and agility. This new environment that I'm talking about here is going to make it easier to meet customer demands. It's not just security because, once again, it's assembling to order. And I want to bring that concept to you about, essentially, this multiplicative effect. Just think, once again, about a salad bar. With 16 individual elements you can make approximately 26 million different types of salads. Just think about that in your own product world or your own, if you're in building software. Assembling to order provides essentially mass customization 
in quantities of one. And that's what people are looking for. How much more ideal would this environment be um, if we could go to that? So it's not just safety. It's not just security. Not safety, not just security, but agility and flexibility of the enterprise. Wow. All these benefits that we see of all this information that's out there just by changing things a little bit and moving up the maturity scale, as we call it. Now, where'd this come from? It came from essentially understanding the physical world maturity model and then bringing it into our world here. And in the physical world, it's called the manufacturing maturity model, the manufacturing maturity model. And phase number one is called essentially make to order, handcrafting, make to order. The next level of maturity is what's called provide from stock. And the third level of maturity is called assemble to order. And in a previous broadcast, essentially, I talked about all of these phases prior and how they actually work in in quite a bit of detail that's there. So the question is, how do we get to this approach essentially for our businesses and for our enterprise? And as I mentioned, it's going to be a transition. It's going to be a transition. And it comes through isolating the environment and then essentially moving forward. And this process center and this data center, as I call it, is really what we're looking for. And what we're going to be doing is turning these things into assembly centers. They're going to be our salad bars. So we have a process assembly center, if you want to call it that, and a data assembly center. And we go to the salad bar, we go to the PAC and the DAC, and we grab from these things and come up with a unique solution, mass customization and quantities of one, massive agility, massive flexibility, the massive ability of our enterprises to meet customer demands in a whole new way. At the same time, we have to recognize there's a lot of goodness out there. And perhaps we can take some of that legacy that we have and essentially look at each element there and take it apart. Now, there's some limitations to that legacy because it was not engineered to essentially be taken apart. So let me give you a physical example once again that hopefully doesn't sound too silly. Let's say you have a jar of spaghetti sauce, (laughs) okay? Spaghetti sauce. What the heck am I talking about here? Let's say a moment you have a jar of spaghetti sauce. One would hope in that jar of spaghetti sauce there's at least one tomato. I sure hope there is. Now, here's the problem. The tomato wasn't made to be extracted. So what's the equivalency here? You've got things going on in your business. You've got things going on in your enterprise. But they weren't made to be taken apart. We didn't think about that. It wasn't engineered for change. It was not engineered for change. So if somebody says to you, hey, you know, we've changed our mind. We don't want to make tomato sauce anymore. What we want to do is to take the tomato out of the jar because we want to reverse engineer it, as the phrase goes, back into its original state because we want to slice it up and put it on our salad. That shouldn't be a problem, should it? I think most of my audience is pretty sound, of sound like and body. They're going to say, Sam, you're out of your mind. Well, no, I'm not out of my mind. 
That's the industry that's out of their mind because that's what we have to recognize. If it wasn't engineered for change, you can't change it. So it was never engineered in the first place to be disassembled. You can't reverse engineer it and use it again. So with that stuff that we have today, that's why my first uh, suggestion to you is that you isolate that and then see if you can take those elements and make them into the concept of assemble to order. But don't be discouraged because they probably, most of the things weren't built to be taken apart, just like essentially that tomato, you know, that's in there. So what we have to do is to essentially approach this in a logical manner that's there. And so the concept is architect, analyze, design, and assemble that's there. And this is the way that we're going to address this. Now, who can address it today? Any business and enterprise can start doing this. It's a little bit difficult because you don't have the, in quotes, cooperation, unquote, of the outside software people that are out there. It takes a little bit of training. It's not complicated. This is not mysterious when you think about it. And I keep throwing these physical analogies at you because we're surrounded by these things with the exception of building computerization and software. And once again, that's why the hackers have won. I want to stress they're not winning. They have won. But this assemble concept is true all around us. Walk into a grocery store. It's assembled to order. You walk in the front door, you can go into the canned goods department. And you've got the green beans and you've got the garbanzo beans and you've got the uh, corn. Walk into the fresh produce section. It's divided up into the various vegetables. Walk into the dairy section. You've got the milk, you've got the yogurts, you've got the cheeses, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Walk into the freezer department. Assemble to order. Walk into a restaurant. There's a menu. What's the chef doing? Hopefully assembling to order. Now, can you get everything in every restaurant? No. Can you get everything in every uh, thing that you're doing in your enterprise? No. It's limited by essentially the salad bar concept that you have. The, quote, larger the salad bar, the more individual agreement, ingredients. Let me put it a different way. The more processes that you have in your assembly center and the more data that you have in your data assembly, the more solutions that you can come up with for your customers and your clients. And so you're going to be building this out over time. You're going to be building these assets. And as time goes on, you're going to have a pretty good set of assets. They're not going to be there all at once, but you're going to build it out over time. And that's one of the differences, of course, between the salad bar analogy and what we're talking about here in software. Because each one of these little elements in our process assembly center or data assembly center can be reused. I sure hope we don't use reuse too many tomatoes and too many lettuces on the salad bar. So the analogy does break down a little bit that's out there. So as we're doing this, we're building more and more and more agility into our enterprise, more and more flexibility. And the vending community can help us. The software vending community, the analysis vending community, the advisory services community that advise you on strategic activities. After all, what are we talking about here with software? What are we talking about here with architecture? The objective is very simple. The objective is to make sure 
that the business strategy is enabled as quickly and as efficiently as possible. It's not about building software. It's about making sure that we're providing essentially the best possible solutions to the strategic intent that the enterprise is trying to achieve in the most effective and efficient manner to the customers. That's what this is all about. All of these things are means to an end. And what we're trying to do, once again, is to build as much, quote, agility into the process, you know, as we can. And ultimately, ultimately, the phrase that I want you to think about is mass customization in quantities of one. What an ideal situation for anything that we have. Now, once again, we know there are limitations just like there are in a salad bar. If you have 16 elements, there's so much you can do. If you have 160 elements, there's so much more you can do. If you got 6,423 elements, there's a gazillion things that you can possibly do there. In order to do this from company to company, I have to whisper this phrase here. We're going to have to come up with standards. We're going to have to come up with standards. Everybody hates standards. <laughs> In order for us to, to essentially expand the community beyond our own salad bar, we're going to have to get some standards in place. But let's not go there that quickly. We can do this so that we can start approaching this in a logical manner. And I'm not talking about betting your whole enterprise on this. What I'm talking about is slowly figuring out how this is going to be done because we're all or most of our organizations, most of you out there, are in the same level of maturity right now. That's not a critique. It's a positioning statement, hopefully. So nobody is way ahead of anybody else. Nobody's way behind anybody else. But essentially, all of us can move to that, as I call it, maturity level three environment. And the key is enterprise agility with a secured environment that is engineered from the beginning. We're not trying to put locks on the door afterwards. That's not going to work. That's why the hackers are having a great time. We make sure, essentially, that everything out there has that security at its initiation, not after things are out there, at its initiation. And the other thing we have to recognize is the concept, concept of individuality. What makes the salad bar work? It's individual elements. We have lettuce. Let's talk about lettuce for just a moment. We have romaine lettuce and iceberg lettuce. We don't have mixed greens. <laughs> That's less flexibility. So we're talking about elements. And in the world of solutioning software, we have two sets of elements, data and process. In the olden days, that's what we were called. That's what we need to think about now. So we have these assembly centers, and your developers or your partners that are out there or your consultants or your third parties that are working with you will be able to work with you to essentially assemble to order as you move forward. And these elements, of course, are going to be built with a secured intent up front. And as the elements are there, it's a lot easier to make sure that each one of those elements is secured. Now, in all of these other communities that are out there, we have to recognize that a change 
is painful. And we see that the change that we're talking about here is quite painful. Because as we've seen, dollars seem to not affect change when it comes to the technology business. What I mean by that is, of course, I, I believe I have the rump numbers right. You know, Facebook is being fined $5 billion. And to them, it's writing a check. By the way, to me, it's not writing a check. <laughs> so we have to essentially force this. I don't like government regulations. That's not what I'm looking at. But you and I as consumers, I think, have even more power than the government to change the world of technology that's there. And so we can do this. You can do this. You can begin this journey and continue on to bring essentially an environment that all of us can be using for the next decades that are out there. So I hope you don't think I'm chicken little. I've given you some examples of of what is going on here. Industries and businesses are doing this today. And the key thing is, is that we need to begin Monday morning, isolate the legacy, keep that going as much as possible, and build out this new environment. I hope this episode was helpful. This is Sam Holzman. You're listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. Please reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to talk to all of you. Have a great day. Hopefully, you're going to begin your journey to an assemble-to-order process. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in this week to the 2020s Enterprise. Be sure to join your host, Sam Holzman, again for another edition of our program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more topics of discussion then. 